Welcome to the Mosh Zone episode 155, week 155, volume 155, number fucking 155. Hey, going guys, how's your week been? Thank you for tuning in. This week's guest is Ollie of Boundaries and also of Blind Witness, and that will be coming up later in the show. Let's kick things off with feedback, questions, what's been going on. Not a lot. Main thing, our house that we moved into has got the internet. So the delays and difficulties are finally behind us. Podcasting is in full force. We had some missteps, but the Australian government finally connected us to the internet. So that might be why some of you might have noticed last week's show, episode 154, had some technical difficulties. I'm not sure why, but they should be all fixed up now. If you're still having difficulties with that episode, please let me know. I'll see if I can look deeper into it. But I'm excited. You know, I can do podcasting as normal. I can talk to people for the podcast as normal. I can even just fucking watch Netflix, which I haven't been able to do for a month. So everything's in full gear, everything's rocking on, and let's get into the main part of the show. This week, I got to sit down with Ollie of Boundaries and also of Blind Witness. First thing, I got to say thank you so very, very, very much, dude, for taking time out for me and the Mosh Zone. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Now, who are Boundaries, which is Ollie's main band that he's in? They are a Canadian punk vibe hardcore band. To kind of give you a reference point, it's Comeback Kid with a bit of Cancer Bats with a bit of D's Nuts. They started around 2014 and three albums so far to their name. They're an independent, hard-working band. They're a band that if you enjoy that style of music, the hardcore blended with the punk, you should definitely be into this band. They're a must-listen, must-follow, must-pay-attention-to band. This chat with Ollie was exciting, relaxed, in-depth, and everything I hoped for. I hope you enjoy this chat as much as I did. That chat with Ollie is coming up now. So, everyone gets the start-off question, which is basically the same, and do you remember a band growing up that opened your world to music being in existence? uh yeah for me for me that band has to be uh green day uh it was it was kind of me it was for me the gateway into uh punk rock into uh starting playing guitar as well because the 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 songs were kind of just far chords and uh yeah i just fell in love my my dad had a uh a copy of dookie he had a copy of nimrod and then uh, he got me a few more uh, CDs of them uh, for for Christmas at, at some point, and uh, yeah, I just fell in love with like punk rock and uh, pop punk at first, and just like the the bands in general. Like I like the format of 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 just five guys playing together. Well, your dad, if he's listening to Green Day, I mean, was your dad into like? the alternative heavy style of stuff or yeah, that's quite exciting because not a lot of people listening would have a parent that's kind of 
into the music that they're getting exposed to and love at a young age? Uh, I wouldn't say he, he was not uh, specifically into heavy music, but he had he just loved music and he had a uh, just a, a big collection of CDs and uh, he played guitar a bit. So it's like anything that was guitar based, he kind of had an interest in from folk music uh, to like stuff like Green Day or even Megadeth. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I w- so I was just like digging into his CD collection and just uh, s- steal a couple and go to my room and uh, listen to them. So so is he the reason your eyes were open to Green Day or was there another reason that Green Day came into your vision of noticing? Uh, well, I was also into skateboarding a lot growing up. At my first skateboard, I was probably like eight or nine years old. So, like, it was the and at that time, skateboarding was was really uh, tied to punk rock. Uh, I feel like nowadays, it's it's like skateboarding as as it's just it's not really tied to any type of music. And then it after punk, it kind of shifted towards. Uh, or rap or hip hop, but I mean, when I was young, it was punk rock and like playing uh, video video games like the Tony Hawk Pro Skaters, uh, like soundtracks. Everything was punk rock, so it's kind of how I, uh, I I got attracted to it as well. So I remember those days. I mean, they, that's when skate videos or skate dvds were important not just because of what you were watching but the musical element it played a big part and those video Mm -hmm. games were very important as well they played a big part with the soundtrack so with that is that how you're starting to get into other bands is it because you hear a song on a video or a music video or a video game and you go oh i want to know what that is and then you discover or were you skating with people who had similar tastes who were exposing you to music well i mean at first i was skating and i was not even playing guitar yet so uh, uh like sometimes it's crazy sometimes like i would i would like a song because of it like a specific uh video part but I wouldn't even know what band it is. Like, I, I was just like, I like that song because I like this dude who's skating to it. So, and for a long time, like a bunch of bands that, like, I, I discovered actually what the band was, like, years and years later. Uh, yeah. I, I, and did I... No, it was like I I wasn't I don't know yeah I liked I liked sometimes songs just because like my favorite skaters were skating to it I was not necessarily mm-hmm. digging for like knowing more about the bands at first but uh, obviously you know skating as you're saying is a big piece of your growing up so when or do you remember when the switching gears was from being obsessed with skates to being obsessed with music and in particular guitar. Uh, it, it really shifted. It, it started to shift when I started uh, going to shows more regularly, uh, I'd say. Um, 
I was, I mean, I was still skating a lot. Even to this day, I, I, I skate a lot. But I mean, when, when I, I started going to local shows on a, like a weekly basis and then started playing guitar and then wanting the, to form a band, uh, that, that's kind of when uh, skateboarding took, a, took the backseat and uh, music took over. Now you're mentioning when you started going to live shows regularly, what motivated you and what got you to get out to live shows? Because it it can take quite a bit to get someone to get to a live show. So if you're starting to go to them regularly, you know what sparked the interest in you to see it in a live setting and then not just see it once, but see it continually. It was actually uh, it was actually the the live setting came before the music. It's like a it's a, a, a childhood friend of mine who just, he was already in the scene, if you will. He was going to shows and I, he kept talking to me about it. And at some point he was like, he brought me to one. I didn't really know the bands, but like once I, I stepped foot in, in, in a, an underground, like every uh, bass type show, I was, I was hooked and I kept going to shows with them. And then started going on my own, and then started making friends. So, yeah, it's just it it just started from there. And it seems to have it must have made a big imprint on you because you're obviously seeing the environment, you're seeing the energy, and suddenly guitar becomes your thing. So, was it because of the live setting and the music that you wanted to play guitar? And then the second part of the question is. Why guitar? Did you think about drums? Did you think about vocals? You know, why guitar of all instruments? Well, I, I always, uh, and probably uh, part of it is because I was a fan of Green Day, but I always kind of wanted to aspire to play guitar and sing at the same time. But, uh, and, and also, but which I never really, really did. And like, like I said, like my dad uh, had guitars laying around. So, I mean, uh, playing guitar just kind of made sense, I guess. Mm. And plus, like, it's just, dude, guitars are, are fucking cool. It's just <laughs> how they look. And then, and but the seeing the music live wasn't really about, uh, d- didn't give me the, the urge to play guitar, but it gave me the urge to start a band. Like, mm. I didn't care, actually, at first. Like I, I ended up playing guitar and I stuck with it, but I was just like, once I saw the live setting of a heavy show, I was like, first of all, I want to, I want to come back here and participate as, as a, as someone in the crowd, but I want to do what they're doing as well. Like no matter how. And I just ended up uh, picking up guitar and, and yeah, starting jamming with, with random people and uh like maybe a year after i started my first uh my first band so what obviously your your dad would have been very supportive of you you know pursuing music so what was it like for you getting lessons like were you getting lessons or were you self teaching yourself and what was your path in the early years with developing your skills with the guitar I actually, I, I took, I took three lessons in my life and that was it. Like I, I, I thought like, 
And to this day, like now, now that I'm older, I'm more patient and like I see the benefits in, uh, in knowing a bit of theory. Mm -hmm. uh, but like when I, I was first starting, all I wanted to do is play songs and play covers. And that's basically how I learned uh, everything I know. And then just applying that to uh, 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 jamming with people and then writing my own, my own songs. But uh, yeah, I never, I, I've never had uh, lessons ever. Uh, and like when I was younger, YouTube was not a thing. I guess mm. now when I want to learn something new, uh, I can look it up more easily. So, but still, yeah, to this day, I've, I, 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 I taught myself uh, pretty much everything I, I know about guitar. I don't think it's held you back having not having lessons. I don't think it's held you back at all. I don't. I, I don't think so as well. But I mean, sometimes it just get it, it just gets a little bit. It, it takes more time to get uh, something done because hmm. I, I I'm pretty sure like when you don't know theory and you, for example, you write a part or you 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 write whatever you write a lick. There's like a theory attached to that and you you would probably like i mean you you could have arrived at the same lick uh knowing what you were doing but just probably quicker i don't know it's just it's a weird thing uh it's just i guess since i i didn't start by learning theory i i tend to just uh keep going without knowing it but uh it's 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 uh there's interesting stuff it's just uh wasn't for me at first yeah it's understandable also you know a lot of listeners will know probably their first few lessons or a lesson they had i mean Mm -hmm. i remember the teacher i had wanted to just teach me like spanish acoustic guitar songs and it's like well that's not what i want to learn so i mean if you're not if you haven't got a teacher that's really intuitive and creative and willing to kind of adapt to what you're really wanting to play, it's understandable that you're just like, well, fuck this. I'm going to go sit in my room and play along to music instead. Yeah. Well, the thing is, like, the teacher I had was, it was really good and he was like a metal guy, but still, like, I was like, Oh, do you know how, how to play this? Could could you teach me that song? That like that was my interest, and like all he made me do at first was first of all we were playing uh, our electric guitars but unplugged. So mm-hmm. I was like, that's not very interesting. And <laughs> yeah, then he tried to, to. He was like, study those chords and those 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 uh, uh, those scales and stuff. And I wouldn't do it. And then I was just like. Let's not do this any, anymore. <laughs> it's not, yeah. Yeah, thanks, but no thanks, buddy. Um, yeah. Now, you, you know, just earlier before you were talking about, you know, going to shows and kind of out and, out and about observing and getting into the live scene, per se, mm-hmm. the word. You know, you're, you know, Quebec and is the local scene kind of very vibrant when you were starting to get into it? Like, were there a lot of local bands or was it just like the bigger bands that we all know of, which is like despised icon and these kind of things? 
Uh, no, actually, when I was young, like Quebec City, the 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 scene. Uh, not only the touring bands would come through, uh, but like there was a lot of bands, and even like local shows were were doing really good. So yeah, early two thousands, it was well. I guess it was it it was probably good uh, everywhere. I mean, you didn't have like. It was like uh, only, I mean, you didn't have like smartphones and stuff like that to keep people at home. Uh, people wanted to go out and experience stuff. And like, as far as music goes, you still had to buy CDs and stuff. So I don't know, man, like people would go to shows weekly and uh, yeah, it was a fun time. Now, are you also noticing at a young age when you, you know, you mentioned that you started, you know, hanging out with people, you know, starting bands, writing music. Are you also noticing in the local scene that there are bands that are from the same area as you who kind of can show you there is a path outside of your city? You know, were you seeing people you could look up to and say, well, I want to be just like that? band because that band are making it outside of Canada and if they can do it I can do it mm -hmm. well interesting story uh they were not they were not like uh international by any means yet but like the first like the first actual show I've seen uh was Asley Dying in Silverstein and then the second show I went to was a local show and there was a band called Blind Witness hey. and And I was like, oh, so they're like the Quebec as are they dying, if you will. So I, I got into them heavily. And then uh, a couple of years later, I, I ended up joining the band. So that was, yeah, that's that's how it it, it, uh, it worked. It happened. And uh, to this day, I, I think it's kind of crazy. What about um, high school for you? You know, were you purely and solely focused on music or were you looking into studying and a career that was outside of the musical game? Uh, I never, like my, my parents always wanted me to have a plan B, uh, which I guess I can, I kind of, I kind of followed that path a bit uh, since I, I, I went to school all the way to, uh, through college, uh, but still, like, still music was always the focus. Uh, and yeah, actually, I'm I'm finishing my uh, college degree uh, in a few weeks, mm. and like once I'm done, it's music all the way. What's the degree? Uh, it's a, ling a linguistic and uh, English linguistic and literature. So. I was like, yeah, maybe I could like, since Quebec is uh, mostly French, there's a lot of like, uh, English is is very prominent in school uh, as a as a official's second language. I was like, oh, maybe I could teach English. I mean, I've, I've traveled. I I like I like the language, uh, but yeah, after the first year, I was like, no, nah, there's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> But I, I still wanted to finish it. Um, well, yeah, you put all that time and effort in. You at least want to finish with the piece of paper. 
Yeah, and I mean, like, you could you could take optional classes and like and stuff. And I mean, we write like uh, for boundaries, we write in English. Um, uh, so I was like, well, it doesn't hurt to read more, write more, and then for like optional courses, I took classes in business and like and uh, uh, music and so stuff like that. So like anything that would help uh for the band as well so but that shows that shows a lot of seriousness and dedication to you know gear your learning um to better your band's possibilities and avenues i mean that's that's fucking dedication dude well i don't like i it's more like i've surrendered to the idea that music is the only thing i i i deem uh i deem bearable for me it's like it's the only thing i can work on uh tirelessly so it's just yeah now i've, I've surrendered to that idea that this is what i'm gonna do so yeah just try to make it happen uh any way i can well yeah we'll get to it but i think you're having a good crack at it man um, and I think, I think, you know, I don't want to come too far forward, but I think boundaries, man, like the possibilities on, on this band and the sound and the energy, like, yeah, I think that, I think there's something there cooking. I think we just need to get more people to pay attention to it. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, we'll get them. We'll get them. Thanks. Yeah. I think to be honest, it's just like, uh, like I've always known that we, we, I think the, the group of guys that we are, uh, like we know we've got something with uh potentially well yeah we know we got something with 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 potential it's just uh how to get it out to people and how to especially like since we've done we've done everything ourselves uh we don't have a label or anything so it's just like how we can get that music to people and then try to because I, I think, especially live, we're, we're very convincing. We've had some, I mean, we've hit something, uh, like I really like the mix of the new single we've put out. I think it's the most, uh, it's the most, uh, how could I say this? It's like, a mo- it, it really captured how we sound uh, when we played together uh, for mm-hmm. the first time, I, I think. And, uh, yeah, so it's just how to get this. I mean, and this year is not really a possibility, but it's like, uh, yeah, I think live we're, we're, we're pretty convincing. Oh yeah, man. Um, we'll, we'll come back to boundaries in a bit, but let's come back to, you know, you mentioned earlier the early bands, you know, the bands where you were kind of meeting people and, Mm-hmm. kind of gaining your skills and experience and your writing abilities. What were those early bands like for you? You know, did you learn a lot? What didn't you learn that you wish you learned? You know, run me through the early bands for you. Uh, well, like I said, the first show I stumbled on, stum- stumbled into was, uh, was Azalea Dying Silverstein. So kind of like, from there, I kind of had a, a metalcore phase for a couple of years, if you will. Uh, then I found, like I said, Blind Witness, which was my 
the equivalent of uh, a Quebecer Azaldine, uh, for me, if you will. Uh, I also I, I also like uh, hardcore punk at a, at that time. The first hardcore punk show I went to was uh, Gravemaker, Bane, and Comeback Kid, mm. uh, which I, 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 I to this day uh, I mean Comeback Kid is still one of my favorite bands. Uh, also, uh, interestingly enough, in the, 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 my metalcore phase, I stumbled upon, like, dude, for a couple of years, all I listened to was, uh, I Kill the Prom Queen and hey. early part and early Parkway Drive. Yeah. Shout yeah, out to dude. them boys. Yeah. I, I knew like, I knew every, uh, I Kill the Prom Queen songs on guitar. See, that's, that was, man, that's yeah. insane to me that, you know, I understand Parkway now and Prom Queen near the end of what was going on, how widespread it was, but that's insane that, you know, during that period that even over there you were gaining access to that kind of music. It's quite mind-blowing um, for an Australian to hear. Yeah, dude, it was like the, the, the Say Goodbye video for me was mm-hmm. like to this day in form how I play live. I was like, I mean, like when I saw that, I was probably like 14 years old and the guys were like moving around so much. And I was like, in my head is like, at that time, like a music video you play for real. Now I know it's not true, but I was like, how could they play the riffs <laughs> and, and move that much at the same time? And even though now I know it's not, it's not, they like, it's a it, it it's it's fake it's a music video you're not playing the song for real i'm still trying to like on stage move around as much as i can while being as tight as possible uh which is which is i guess is kind of weird but yeah it, it stems from there and uh and we toured with uh, what what's funny is we toured with uh these nuts brought us on uh our first uh european tour and uh I, I, I never, uh, I didn't even mention that to JJ. I guess I, I should have, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, it's a, it, it came full circle when we, we were in, uh, in Europe with them. And I was like, dude, when I was 14 years old, I was trying to play like your bass player, try, trying to emulate your guitarist. So <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah. Well, what about the, you know, the bands you were in before you kind of joined Blind Witness, because before Boundaries, the the band of Notion, Notion uh, or Notoriety mm-hmm. was Blind Witness. So, yeah. I mean, did you get out and play a lot of shows? Because you must have done quite a bit of groundwork to get in the opportunity for Blind Witness. Well, actually, I had only one one band uh before blind witness i had only my first band was called a step forward uh and we we were pretty much a a watered down uh copy of blind witness Mm. so (laughs) so like because yeah it's it's weird like i like i said i i learned how to play guitar by covering i kill the prom queen and asley dying and parkway and blind witness I was actually the first one to ever do a uh, to ever publish a, a guitar cover of Blind Witness on YouTube. Hey, ever. And then 
like since the my band was kind of had the same a similar sound we we uh we we played around a bunch and we opened for them a couple uh a couple times and uh yeah the guys just noticed me and they were like oh is the dude from the the youtube covers and uh yeah the, 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 that's how it came about and then when when uh blind witness fell apart uh john the singer reached out uh to me and at first actually i said no because i was 17 years old and i wasn't done with high school uh but then uh when i graduated a couple months later uh i hit him up uh to see if he needed a guitar player and he said yes so I joined. Now, Blind Witness were, you know, quite an established band when you're coming in. Now, I remember that that was around 2011 when you joined. So by this stage, Blind Witness had had been doing their thing for a while. They're a name Uh in the game. Are you just shitting your pants when you get into the band or are you seeing this as now's my time now's my time to shine well uh to be honest when when i like i like hit him up i wouldn't i didn't think it would say yes (laughs) or i like i didn't think it was an option anymore and then he said yes and the thing was i wasn't like i i wasn't at that level of uh like I, I I didn't have the guitar skills to to back it up, so I I just started learning the songs and like practicing, uh, like five hours a day, uh. But uh, when 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 the first show came around, I was actually ready. So, but like when I first uh, when I first like, the the, the first like okay, you're in. I wasn't ready at all. <laughs> I wasn't <laughs> able to play the songs. And, uh, but I, I managed to, it's, 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 it's something of a pattern that I've, uh, developed to accept like opportunities that I'm not really ready yet to, to fulfill. And then I work my ass up to be able to, to hopefully not look like a fool on stage or anything <laughs> like that. Wing it as, as they say, wing it until you make it or yeah. fake it until you make it. Um, that's insane. I mean, you also came in, you know, blind, like I said, blind witness were established. They were known quite a bit of buzz around them and the whole mm-hmm. band had pretty much quit except the vocalist. And then it was a whole new band that kind of redeveloped. And then shortly afterwards it breaks up again. I mean, that's got to be also insane for you to see happening. And why did it initially in 2012 break up? Well, actually the, like the reason I wanted to came uh, to to come back to 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 come in the first place is because uh, Eric the drummer uh, was actually coming back and Max the guitar player was gonna play guitar with us. So it was like for me it was it, it was a dream come true because I was like, well Max is the one who wrote every riff and like all the parts that I love. So if I get to play with him. Not not only uh, it's fucking sick, but I mean I'm 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 gonna learn a lot from him. Uh, but uh, like we went in, we played a few shows, and 
Max was like Eric was still in, but Max was not interested in, in touring. Uh, so then I brought another friend in on guitar. And actually the bass player was a bass player for my first band as well. And with the, well, I, we, we did a, a bunch of tours. We toured uh, Canada with Strip on the Path. Uh, then we went to Europe. That's when that's actually when I went to Europe for the first time. And then it was kind of the time to start writing again. But to be honest, like uh, I wasn't personally ready to write anything that was up to standards. And yeah, it just fell apart again. Uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty much it. Did you? How did you feel? Like, do you feel? Do you feel disappointed? Because to be honest, I think a lot of people listening would feel disappointed and gutted that, you know, your kind of local hero band that you, you're really into and you, you know, you're into the band now, you're playing in the band and then it kind of unfortunately fizzles out. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, yeah, it was like, it was weird because at that time I wasn't like writing that much. So like, and to me, for a moment, it was like uh, as if I, I I made it. Like that's the that that was kind of I played in my favorite band. That's the goal. Like what what can I do after after that? But uh, uh, a few years later, I, I realized how how wrong I was uh, when I actually uh, like started to take boundaries more seriously and 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 uh, and starting writing more seriously because uh that that was like the the turning point it was like oh so like it, it's cool playing guitar it's cool but it's like music is not about playing other people's riffs mm. uh so like once i i i kind of figured that out uh i mean the the pain or the 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 sadness of losing like blind witness uh, was not an issue anymore. And I mean, like after that, we, we, we still do things once in a while. And like the, the thing I, I share cherish the, the most about that is that Max is actually uh, the one who's recording all the boundaries stuff. So mm. like if, if it was not for blind witness, that relation between me and him, would probably not exist. So, well, I mean, yeah. you are right though. Music has still existed. I mean, the band kind of loosely got back together around 2014. The I Am Hell EP came out 2015, and then yeah. last year you guys dropped Force Fed. Uh, Force Ooh. Fed sounds whew, sounds fucking pissed off. That fucking single, oof, nasty, nasty. Um, <laughs> now, obviously. The I Am Hell EP, for me, it felt like it slipped under the radar because it was independent. It didn't really uh -huh. get a lot of push. Did it get yeah. noticed? I mean, from an outsider looking in, it looks like it just kind of went under the pillow. Nobody saw it. it uh, I mean, uh, it got noticed by our, like, like core fan base, I, I think. But, no, like you said, like, we, we put it out uh, on our own. And it and it was kind of rushed because we had to to play this. Uh, we wanted it to come out before this big festival. And I mean, there was basically no 
no release strategy that that's what it came up to like we didn't put out uh really we didn't really put out singles before we dropped the EP, and then we never we never uh, like we never printed uh any physical copies or anything so yeah it's it, it, it would have uh benefited from a a more thought out uh strategy <laughs> Yeah, and I think you guys kind of learned from that strategy with the single last year, Force Fed, because that seemed like you guys did a little bit of release build-up. There was a little bit of notion behind the fact that there was a new single on the way. So it seems like you kind of learned from that rushed, mm -hmm. uh, no real promotion element. How did Force Fed go for you guys with reception? Because it looks like it went really well. Uh, it, it went uh, really good actually and the thing is uh, like when we put out uh, when we put out uh, IML I was I was still uh, pretty young and I was not involved in like the business side of things according to Blind Witness I was just like oh I'm gonna play guitar and and, and just uh, and do this but when we put out Force Fed the plan was uh, I said to the guys, I'm only in if we put out this single and I run the like the Instagram and, and, and things like I do with boundaries. So like everything needs to have a purpose. We need to to like the visual apps to be on point. Uh, and yeah, basically I, I, I ran the entire campaign and I'm pretty stoked of how it uh it turned out and i mean the song was solid too uh yeah. when when uh max did everything by himself he tracked everything and mixed uh mastered it and when he sent it to me it was like all right like it's worth putting putting the time in and just make it as big as it can be so but yeah we were pretty stoked on how it was received by everyone and then it looked like you guys were going to get back out. I think you even had a show organized and you were literally, it was canceled because of COVID within hours of you performing. Um, mm -hmm. so, so it looked like all the momentum was starting to build again for Blind Witness to do something and yeah. suddenly out of your hands, it's it stopped. Yeah, man, we had two, uh, we had like two weekends of shows booked. So four shows total. Uh, I, I, I think three of them were sold out and yeah, we were looking forward to just go back out, present that new single. And the idea was like to see the reception, uh, live and kind of build up from there. Cause Max has other like deep, uh, uh, demos, um, that could, that could potentially be finished and be, uh, some new, new songs. But, uh, yeah, as you said, like the, the, actually the day like COVID really it, we had a sold out, a sold out show in Quebec city and I had to pull the plug like at four o'clock in the afternoon when doors were at seven. So <laughs> it, it, it was, it was definitely a bummer, but looking back, it was the it was a, a, the right call to make. Oh yeah, definitely the right call to make. Definitely the smart move to make. But an absolute punch in the gut. That's yeah. fucked. Mm -hmm. 
So Max is sitting around. You said he's got some demos. So, I mean, he is a busy man also, as you mentioned. But does that mean that maybe this year, maybe next year, there might be something more than just a single? Uh, maybe. It's just like, to, to, to be honest, Blind Witness is pretty uh, uh, unpredictable. Uh, Max has like three daughters now in a house to pay for. So, uh, and he's recording bands all the time. So, it really depends on him now, uh, but like, uh, you, it, it's kind of it's kind of crazy. You never know with him. Some, he can just call me out of the blue and say, "I got a I got a new song. <laughs> Let's put it out." So <laughs> we, we we never know. But there's no there's no uh, there's no plans uh, no. for now. Well, the main plans and what most listeners will know you for and of mm-hmm. is boundaries now yeah. there's quite a bit into boundaries i want to dive into so now the formation of boundaries was around 2014 2015 am i correct in saying that uh yeah well actually it, it's we started in uh 2012 but like mm-hmm. two, two like the 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 time frame you you, you just uh, gave is actually when we started being active mm-hmm. okay. uh and taking things a little a, a little more seriously and just starting recording and stuff so yeah that's correct now the style of this band boundaries is completely different to blind witness obviously you know we're talking yeah. we're talking melodic metallic hardcore with punk rock vibes it was was that something you really intentionally went for from the offset because it feels feels refreshing to hear your musical discovery and what you're into as a kid and then hearing what you're doing with Boundaries because you can hear that kind of youthful energy of punk rock that you're into in this hardcore band. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, exactly. Well, what happened was, uh, like, my metal phase, my metal core phase was was from, like, 14 years old to when I joined Blind Witness, which is kind of kind of laughable really because when i joined blind witness i i was i was i was really withdrawing of like metalcore and stuff and going back to punk and hardcore and like punk rock so that that's kind of why uh blind uh boundaries sounds like like it does because it was originally uh what i was into uh and and uh, also like Louis, the the guitar player in Boundaries, uh, who writes most of the music with me, uh, he's like a straight up punk hardcore guy. So I was like, hell yes, this is the time to just try to write, like, go back to to, to 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 my roots and just uh, I don't know. It, it was. I, I needed a change of uh, of scenery as well. I mean, playing uh, playing metalcore riff for like four or five years straight. At that point, I was like, kind of, kind of, it, it was not interesting anymore. Well, I mean, it's it's also refreshing because bands that play the metalcore or the deathcore, there are a dime a dozen. There are some outstanding bands. I'm not diminishing that. I'm not saying they're not worth their weight mm-hmm. in gold. But the style that you guys play um, 
kind of really wasn't around when you first started playing. It's slowly starting to creep back. You're starting to see more bands, but it was kind of a, a dying genre, really. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Well, if maybe, uh, but still, the the like the the intention and the reason behind the the sound we have, it's just it's just like the the basis of it is just pure fun and like passion so like whether it's popular or not was never really a concern for us Mm. so and i mean to this day like we're sticking to it because we love it so what about you um not playing guitar in this one you're you're playing bass i mean so i mean have you decided um, not going to disrespect bass players here, but if you decided you just want to be a bit having a bit more fun on stage because it's a bit easier to play bass on the guitar while you're jumping around. Well, that was kind of like uh, it was part of the idea at first, but it was also because of the fact that, like what we talked uh, touched upon earlier, that once Blind Witness was done, I was like. Uh, like, am I done with music? Like, I didn't know, like, I, I didn't really, like, for a couple months, I didn't touch my guitar. I didn't really uh, felt the interest to get better and, and, and keep playing. So, and that's why also, like, the first two years of Boundaries, we were just, like, fooling around pretty much, like, once a week, not really playing shows or anything, because that, like... I don't know. We, we didn't have, well, I certainly didn't have any ambition at first since, uh, the, the, like the, the, the fall from blind witness was kind of a bit, uh, demoralizing mm. if you will. Well, it would be, it, 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 it would have been, that's understandable. Um, mm-hmm. but boundaries, it seems like when you started to, I don't want to say take things seriously, but I mean, it's like you kick things into gear with shows and recording, the first recording being rock bottom. Um, yeah. It seems like you guys worked hard at it. Um, you seem to be, especially back then, still now, obviously you can't tour, but still relatively recently. You're a band that get out and you play the shows, you get out and you put yourselves on the bills. You're mm-hmm. willing to grind at it, which is a lost art nowadays, but is also an essential part of that style of music. you got to get out, you got to earn your stripes, and it seems like Boundaries have always been trying to earn their stripes and put in the hard yards. Yeah, well, well to me, it's how I, I like, we, we talked about the early days and how I, I stumbled into shows, and that's, for me, that's how I fell in love with the that that kind of music. That's what really uh made me want to play it first so i mean it's 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 probably why we try to recreate it and the same thing the same thing for all the guys in boundaries like uh we all started to go to shows before having a band and uh actually like a lot of them some of them were high school friends some of them like the drummer we have now in boundaries he's the one who booked my first show ever when I was 16 years old. So, <laughs> so it's like, we, we, it's just how you do it. You go on the road, you play for people, you make that connection. You, 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 
you discuss with people at the merch table and you, yeah, that's what you do. You get in the van and you try to get gigs and yeah, that's, I don't know. It's still for me, it's still how it should be. It always should be, man. It, it always should be no matter what genre uh, you're in, not matter what part of the world you're in. It should always be the way it is. Um, mm-hmm. And it was obviously starting to pay off because quarter-life crisis seemed like it really kind of caught on in a way. Um, seemed like there was quite a reaction, especially in Canada. You guys seemed yeah. to kind of establish yourself. Do you feel like that? release was essential for you guys um in the overall look back of how the band is going uh well i i think uh in any bands uh like development like like the i mean you just have to put out shows uh, to put out music and play shows and like i think even if some say it's like dying like when you put out an album, like a full-length album, people uh, pay more attention. So I was like, it was it was important for me to work hard on on a project like that, and and then try to support it as much as we uh, as we could. Uh, I mean, the reception we we got from it was totally. Uh, it was. I mean. It, it's it's a surprise. It's not something you can uh, really anticipate. But uh, like what we knew is that we worked hard on it. Even we, if we didn't know what the hell we were doing, uh, but still to this day, I'm I'm like looking back at that project. I'm stoked that we uh, that we put it out. I'm stoked that we we uh, we did what we did, and like we still play songs from that album. Uh, and I think some, some of it still holds up, uh, we're like, what, like four years later now. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, four years later. And, you know, it was also the album that you guys got over to the UK and Europe. You did some USA shows, you know, you, you mentioned earlier, that was around the time you were touring with D's Nuts. You had Stray, Kublai Khan, um, you know, you, uh, branching outside of Canada more and more and you're getting your music out to more and more listeners. Are you starting at this stage developing kind of a hardcore fan base as in like, are you playing shows in certain spots and you're seeing the same faces regularly? Uh, Well, I wouldn't say we have like a hardcore fan base in Europe. Uh, by any means, because we've only been there once, but mm. like for sure, we've uh, we've always had that support from uh, that support system from uh, our our hometown for sure, and like people around Quebec, which is essentially what uh, makes it possible to 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 keep this band going. So yeah, for sure, like the support we get from from home. Uh, since the beginning of that project has been so important. And then for me, where I got turned onto you guys was Turning Point. You know, I got turned yeah. on you at Turning Point, which is 2019. And that fucking album, oof, yes, uh, it's like there's something in the water in that fucking recording. Um, it seems that you guys hit the right melting pot at the right moment. 
I think it really kind of gravitated you a bit more, in my opinion, to another step forward. Um, mm-hmm. You also, at this time, it looks like you didn't really get the opportunity to get across the pond or across the land to any places. I know part of it would have been COVID, but yeah, was this was this a struggle for you guys because people were getting into the music, but you weren't able to get out to other spots outside of Canada for a while? Uh, yeah, well, actually, yeah, that, that, that album was definitely a, a step up from, from Car Life Crisis in sound and in, uh, in like songwriting. Basically, we took everything we, we, we learned in the, the, the two years, uh, like touring Car Life Crisis and really tried to, uh, to, to put that into the, the next record, which, which I think it showed, but, uh, I mean, a thing being from Quebec, it's, it's, I mean, it's always, even if you, you get people listening to your music, it's hard, uh, getting shows, uh, in the first place because geographically we're like, like Quebec is, 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 uh, is, is not densely populated. Uh, and, uh, even, in, even Canada is not densely populated by any means and then if you want to go to the u.s you need visas and or else you need to fly to europe so uh, it's definitely sometimes a struggle to get gigs and it can get annoying but i mean what we we just have to adapt and we just have to make the best of every 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 show we get as well it's just like we're not gonna we're not gonna stop because it's hard to to tour or whatever it's like it's just how it is and if it's how it's gonna be we're we'll, we're just gonna figure something out to make it work well i think what helps is the music is what it is i mean if the music yeah. was wasn't engaging and making people connect with it then you know i think it'd be even harder you know also i think listeners maybe forget that it's also not just things like the visas and the distance, but it's also just financially hard for a band mm-hmm. who's not signed to a major label. So things like, you know, merchandise purchasing, uh, buying physical po- copies of things, even just going to a gig if you're in town. These, for a band like Boundaries, are essential things. Yeah, yeah, for sure. But And to be like... Uh to be to be honest like i'm not complaining it's just like if we if we uh like that's what we're, we want to do and like we're gonna find a way to but i mean it's it just it, it's probably easier if you're like uh, a band from germany to play more shows mm. or if you're a band from mm. i don't know like new york to play more shows mm. but uh, uh i guess and I guess we're seeing that this year, like where no one can rely on shows. It's like, what, what do you do then? Uh, and that's why we're trying to, to shift our focus even more to try to put out more music instead of simply relying on shows. I think there is always alternatives. And uh, I mean, just playing music is about finding solutions. So, uh, yeah, we're, we're all about it. Yeah, you got to. You guys are you're being smart about it. You have to adapt with the times. You can't just rely on you know saying, "Well, this isn't working." You need to do something about it. And you guys are adapting. And mm-hmm. two things you've adapted with this year, 
Despite the difficulty of getting in and recording music, you guys released The Devil's Breath earlier this yeah. year. Ooh, we spoke about it before. Yeah, buddy. Love this. Um, <laughs> you know, nice. first thing, um, talk about how hard it was for you guys to actually get that recorded during COVID and everything that's going on. Uh, yeah, it was kind of logistically, it was kind of, uh, it was kind of hard. Uh, we were supposed to go with Max, uh, once again, uh, to record uh, actually like an entire EP, uh, which got pushed back because, uh, like the, the end stored a, a curfew here and they were, they were like, uh, like arresting people going from from different parts of Quebec to another, so we weren't able to travel, so we had to to, to push it back. And then we were like, "It's too complicated. Let's just try to do a song." Uh, and then we we couldn't even go to to Max's place to track it because it's like three hours away from Quebec. So we ended up uh, uh, tracking it in Quebec city with another friend who has a studio and then sending it to Max to mix it. So, and yeah, it's, it's, it's like, it was, it was, it was, um, and it's already, I mean, it's always, uh, it's, it's always, uh, like, cause we all have jobs. We all like, like I said, I'm in, I'm in school. So every time we go to the studio and record a project, we have to, to, to leave work. So, and and now with COVID, everything was just amplified. And uh, but the thing is, like we had that song about the the actual uh, current context. So I was like, I wanted to 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 just record it as soon as possible and get it out there, get it off my chest. So and I, I'm 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 pretty stoked we we got to do it because I'm I think it's our best mix so far. It's like another step in the the our songwriting. Uh, yeah, really stoked about it. Makes me really excited for what's next um, and when something comes next. It makes you know when you like a band, as you know, and you're a fan of a band, and a new song comes out, mm-hmm. you usually are going to like it no matter what. But when you're shocked with the energy, the tone, you know, it's darker. It's mm-hmm. something about the the vibe in that song just kind of hits with you, and then the music video, just a sick, slick, beautiful music video as well. It kind of all it all works. Now the question I'm going to ask here is, and you teased it just then before you initially were going to go with Max and do an EP. So obviously the yeah. thought was there for more music. You've only given us one song at the moment because, understandably, because of the situation, you could only get one song out. But yeah. the year is still young. What are you guys going to do? We're actually back in the studio in three weeks, buddy. <sighs> yeah, buddy. That's what I like to hear. <laughs> now, is that going to be an EP or is that going to be an album? Uh, all that I'm going to say about it is going to be a longer project. Oh, okay. Are we going to get a Guns N' Roses Use Your Illusion Part 1 and Part 2? <laughs> Maybe, uh, <laughs> no, to, to be honest, like one of the things we did, uh, like we said, uh, in part to adapt, uh, and to just come out of that, uh, 
year of not being able to play shows, like uh, a really important thing for us was to uh, uh, work on the, the songwriting department because we felt we had some uh, some weak points in there. So like what we did in the last year was a lot. And when I'm like a lot of songs, yeah, it's uh, it's uh, it's all gonna come together in a in a few weeks. Oof, I can't wait, man! I can't wait. Um, I'm I'm gonna be waiting for it with eager anticipation. I know our listeners will too. Um, because if they don't, then I'll hunt them down, beat them with a virtual stick. <laughs> now, speaking of virtual. Like my little segue there, that was well done. Um, you guys, for anyone listening, this show, the virtual show you're about to perform is coming out the day before this gets released. Um, but I still want to talk about it. It's still important. Um, mm-hmm. Now, my French ain't great. It's probably horrible. But I've written it down. <laughs> it's okay. Um, it's all good. And the virtual gig is happening March 27th. It's happening yeah. in Quebec. It's called Le Anti. Is that right? Yeah, that's uh, that's our, our local uh, underground venue. Yeah. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, we have just noticed I now officially speak French like a boss. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, official. Um, all jokes aside, you know, you're doing a virtual gig. This is another point of boundaries or a band that are willing to adapt and learn and curve what they do based on the environment that they're put, with, put in. So virtual gig, tell us all about it. Tell me how excited you are. Yeah, dude, it's it's uh, it's uh, I'm pretty excited because uh, as of now we haven't played a show in like a year and a half, which is insane to say out loud. Uh, but uh, I mean, it's it's like like the the, the guy who owns the place. Uh, is our booking agent. So he's been asking me for over a year. And I said no, because I felt like not having anything new. I kind of felt like it wasn't, it was, it wasn't out of place. It like, uh, yeah, it, it didn't have its place. And like, like I said, we wanted to just retreat and try to write as much songs as possible and just work on our songwriting. But now that we had this new song out, I was like, you like let's let's try it i know a lot of people in the hardcore and punk community are not really uh really into it and i i i get why because like part of why we play shows is to make that connection uh with the crowd and feed from that energy but still i was like uh me and the guys were like well if we we only live through one pandemic and we get to play one virtual show like what? What's the, the? There's nothing bad about that. At least we we could say with we 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 tried it, and uh, if we don't like it, it's like we never got to do it again, probably. So like it doesn't matter, and it's just yeah. And like we we just want to take the gear and bring it somewhere else and play a set, and then and 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 have fun uh, for an evening. So yeah, I'm pretty excited about tomorrow. Uh, it's it's pretty exciting, dude. To hear you can hear in your voice how excited you are. And you know, one question with doing a virtual gig: How are you going to make sure that you've turned your energy up to eleven? Well, actually, the energy is always there when even when we jam. Like we we have a we have a jam space and we practice on the 
on a weekly basis and like just we love playing together so it's 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 not gonna be a problem i swear it's like and plus if we have a pa and like a good mix and like everything is loud uh shouldn't be shouldn't be that much of a problem and uh yeah of course the people are not there going crazy but still it's still the first time we get to play like uh, a a quote-unquote show in a long time so i guess we'll try to make the best of it uh yeah i'm sure it'll still be exciting man um now a question with the virtual gig this is something that probably people are thinking when they're listening is you know they, for whatever reason, can't watch it the moment it's happening, but can they watch it later? I think so, but uh, to be honest, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I, I, I'd have to, I'd have to check. I know some of them you can like, you, you have like 48 hours to watch it, uh, but with hours, I'm not certain. What about if, like, in two months' time? Would you guys think of releasing it in some avenue, like for people to buy and consume, or anything like that? Uh, actually, the, the the venue that are putting those on just started a YouTube channel, so mm-hmm. I know the show will not be available. Uh, like the full set won't be available, but they will put on there a few songs from the from the live stream, so at least people could could get a taste of uh of of what happened there fuck yeah man i'm looking forward to it um as we said i'm an expert in french so i'm gonna say it again leonti <laughs> there it is ladies and gentlemen uh leonti in quebec um it's happening march 27th um also don't forget guys uh the devil's breath new single but all of you guys that listen and are regular listeners listeners know that at the end of this chat with Ollie there'll be some music for you to consume in case you haven't heard what boundaries sound like so never fear just hang around for another 5 minutes you'll hear definitely the devil's breath and some others now Ollie before i let you go i have to finish things the way everybody finishes this show it is called Pick Your Poison. Now, Pick Your Poison is where I give you two options and you pick your favorite of the two. I'm basically going to deep dive into your brain, pick it and find out what you actually enjoy doing on your days off. Okay? All right. Let's do it. Now, you also don't need to justify your answer, but if you're worried that someone's going to hear an answer and then give you a hard time, you can <laughs> you can justify right. your answers. Okay. Pizza cool. or burger? Uh, burger, all the way. Okay. Ribs or brisket? Ribs. Okay. Chinese takeaway or Indian takeaway? Chinese. He's finding them easy, ladies and gentlemen. Chicken or <laughs> chicken or beef? Oof. I eat a lot of chicken right now because I'm trying to trying to build some muscle, but uh, beef. Okay. Risotto or pasta? Pasta. Soft taco or crunchy taco? Soft. Taco or nacho? Uh, tacos. Uh, guacamole or no guacamole? Guacamole. Yeah. Um, 
Smooth peanut butter or crunchy peanut butter? Smooth. Okay. Cup of coffee or a cup of tea? Coffee. Uh, Coke or Pepsi? Pepsi, man. Hey, that's a... I haven't heard of someone say Pepsi in a while. Dude, Quebec, in Quebec, like the the Pepsi slogan is like, uh, ici c'est Pepsi, which means uh, here it's Pepsi. Really? Yeah, like people are all about Pepsi here. Wow. Um, Beer or whiskey? Beer. Okay. Um, Do you want to have a meal at home or would you rather go out and have it in a restaurant? Dude, before I would say restaurant, but now after a year of like cooking at home, I have to say home. (laughs) A new movie comes out. You're going to go to the cinema or wait to watch it on the couch? Uh, watch it at home as well. Now, the, the next one's going to be an interesting one because of the weather you deal with on a regular basis, but would you rather spend the day at the beach or spend the day at the snow? The beach, man. <laughs> beach all the way. <laughs> I love the beach. Um, cat or dog? Dog. I have a dog. Hey, what kind you got? It's a blue chow chow. Hey, what's its name? Ghost. Ghost. Yeah, I like that name. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Now, PlayStation or Xbox? PlayStation. Okay. Batman or Superman? Batman. Okay. Wolverine or Deadpool? Wolverine. Terminator or Predator? Terminator. James Bond or Jason Bourne? James Bond. Rambo or Rocky? Rambo, I guess. (laughs) Freddy or Jason? I don't watch horror movies. Uh, Freddy. Okay. Star Wars or Star Trek? Neither. Hey, not a Trekkie, not, not a Warsy. I'm not. I'm not. A, I'm not a sci-fi guy at all. Hey, nothing wrong with that, man. Nothing wrong with that at all. <laughs> I find um, I'm going to get some hate for this, but I think they're all overrated. Um, yep. Lord of the Rings or Game of Thrones? Mm. Hard one. Uh, I'd say Game of Thrones just because I watched it recently. Okay. South Park or Simpsons? South Park. Okay. Anchorman or Step Brothers? Step Brothers. Okay. Slayer or Pantera? Oh. Uh, I'd say Pantera because the the the, the rhythm, rhythm is more. They, they've got a, they've got some riffs, yeah. Pantera, Terra or Madball? Terra. Cannibal Corpse or Black Dahlia Murder? Black Dahlia Murder. Metallica or Megadeth? Megadeth. Wow, ladies and gentlemen, the first person to ever pick Megadeth, I think. I'm I'm serious. Like, but dude, like I said, well, I I've never been into any of them really. But like like I said, one of the first albums I I got from my father was Megadeth, so it just stuck with me. Yeah. Well, you've officially made Dave Mustaine's life. He he, he is <laughs> he is punching his fist in the air in excitement at this moment of 150 odd episodes, and finally someone picked Megadeth. Wow. Hell yeah. Hey, that's nice. That's that's different. I like that.
Slipknot or Machine Head? Slipknot. Okay. Manson or Zombie? Oh, neither. Hey. I don't know. I don't care about any of them. Okay, now last few. You're playing a show. Do you want stage dives happening or do you want mic grabs happening? Oh, I thought you you would say uh, stage dive and sing along or like moshing. Because like to me, the, the favorite, my favorite is like stage dives and sing along. Well, which rather one? Than, rather yeah. than moshing. So it's, it's hard to choose between the two. We'll say a draw. We'll say a draw. Yeah. Um, you're going to go to a show. Are you watching it from the mosh pit or are you watching it from the sound desk? Nowadays, it depends. It depends on which band is playing. Um, like, let's say Green Day. Green Day, Sound Desk, I don't care. But if Turnstile is playing, I'm, I'm, I'm diving at first. <laughs> now, the next one is an interesting one because, you know, you can't tour at the moment. But both of these, you, they need one to go with the other. And it will make sense yeah. in a second. But let's imagine they don't need each other to exist. And you can only do one. Are you going to tour for the rest of your life or record music for the rest of your life? Gosh. Oh, it's hard. Uh, right now I want to see record music. Mm. Nice. Yeah. Okay. And last one. Uh, I'm going to give you your all-time favorite album. Do you want it on CD? Do you want it on vinyl? Or do you want it on your phone? Uh, I guess I'm going to say CD because it's the only thing I could play in my car. So, nice. So, yeah. Um, Ollie, yep. we have absolutely achieved more than I expected. Outstanding. Loved every second a lot of love, a lot of respect, a lot of appreciation for you. Thank you for your time. Thank you for your energy. Um, thank you for being you. I had a lot of fun, dude. I had a lot of fun. Thanks. Yeah, man, that was fun. Thanks to you. I think it's crazy to get to talk to someone on the other side of the planet who stumbled upon my band and and and, and liked it. So it's kind of crazy that I get the opportunity to talk about music to you. So, yeah, thanks for your time, man. Oh, dude, I love boundaries, everything you guys have done. I just, yeah, I, I, I soak it up. So keep it coming. I'm excited for whatever's next. You know, down the track, when you guys get more stuff out, let's do a part two, man. I'd love to chat again. Sir, I was going to say, if we ever go to Australia, I saw I saw a picture of your pool <laughs> this week. Dude, you, we, we, we got to do a sleepover or something and have a pool party for sure. Dude, open invite. It's it's there. If you, awesome. When you guys get to Australia, um, we'll make you more than welcome. Plenty of room. You just have to deal, yeah, with, okay. you just have to deal with three dogs, but you'll be fine with that. Um, it's all good. Um, yeah, always welcome, man. Um, always welcome. Hopefully you do get to Australia soon. Then I can see you guys in the flesh. Um, but look, stay in touch. Let's keep in communication and let's do a part two. Sure, man. It's, it's, it's be my, it would be my pleasure. You're a legend. Thank you again, brother. I'll let you go. It's late at night for you. So, um, go have some food or kick your feet up on the couch and, um, 
I'm going to go start digging holes in the backyard. But um, <laughs> uh, thank you, right. man. You're a legend. Thanks, man. Bye. All right, ciao.
So that was my chat with Ollie of Boundaries and Blind Witness. At the end there, the first track you heard was from Boundaries, titled The Devil's Breath, which is their most recently released single. The second and third track were also from Boundaries. They were titled I'm Glad You're Gone and Hate Routine. Both of those are from the band's fucking phenomenal album, 
titled Turning Point. Now's the part of the show where I spark that thing inside you to support the band that's been on the show. So if you enjoyed the music or you enjoyed the conversation, now's your chance. Get online, download, consume, listen to that music. If you're into physicals, get online, see if you can find a CD or a vinyl. And lastly, if you're into merch, make sure you support the guys and get a shirt, a hoodie or some shorts. I need to take this moment to thank Ollie again. Thank you so very, very, very much, dude. Much love, much respect, much appreciated. Fucking legend. Look forward to touching base with you soon and can't wait to hear whatever's next on the horizon. And that's it. That's the Mosh Zone episode 155 done, dusted, all wrapped up, locked away for this week. Guys, if you're a first-time listener, thank you for tuning in. I hope you come back over future weeks on future episodes. If you're a regular listener, thank you as always for tuning in and hope you come back in future weeks. This time of the show is when I remind you that we need your help to get out to more listeners. So if you've got a few moments this week and you enjoyed this episode, share it on your social medias. Also, tell everyone you know about the Mosh Zone. Help us out. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. Also, at this time of the show, I need to remind you that if you want to find Mosh News and Mosh Reviews, we have it all on our website and social medias. Our website is www.themoshzone.com. Our social medias are all at The Mosh Zone, and you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Also, don't forget... You can also get in touch through our email address, which is themoshzone at gmail.com. Get in touch, guys. Help us grow this Mosh Zone community. There's not much else to talk about. That is all of my rambling done. Thank you for tuning in. Have a great week. Stay safe. Open the pitch.